0: what to do when the podcast that you can turn to whenever you want to get unstuck i'm kathleen i'm your host and i'll be your trusted guide your coach and your friend through all of life's trickiest moments each episode myself and guest experts will be tackling the real raw and relatable challenges that life tends to throw your way Together, we're going to be navigating actually how to do the inner work, equipping you with the tools to empower yourself and to create the life that you've always envisioned. So if you've been feeling stuck with something in your life, submit your question via the link in the show notes, and we could be diving into your question in the next episode. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the What To Do When podcast. And today, my friends, I'm really excited to bring on a super special guest, a friend, a past client, and just an all-round amazing human who I have also worked with as well, and her name is Susan Duncan. And Susan, you are just such an amazing light. You are a head coach and trainer at your own gym, Empowered Fitness, in Mount Monganui. and you are absolutely just exercise goals for me, you know? You are someone that really takes pride in how they run their business you've created such a safe and inclusive space for women to learn how to get strong how to get fit And how to reconnect with their bodies and just find exercise that they enjoy and not hate themselves into it, you know. Um, I really, really admire what you do and the community that you're creating with your gym in beautiful Mount Maunganui. So thank you so much for being here. Welcome to the show. So today, I have brought Suze on the podcast to answer the question, what to do when you want to start exercising? Because we're in this beautiful patch of time where it's, you know, new year, new me, and usually top new year's resolution for what 80% of the population is I want to start exercising more it's I want to be consistent with my habits I want to get healthier I want to get fitter I want to get in the best shape of my life I want to lose weight all these sorts of questions and I absolutely know myself I've done this many a time and I have failed within the first thirty days and I've, you know, gone back to my old ways. And so today I thought we could bring Suze on to really talk about what we kind of get wrong about trying to start building a good relationship with exercise and building those habits and what are the best things for women to be doing in this space? What are the most amazing things we can be doing for our bodies and what challenges what might we encounter? So Suze, mm-hmm. welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. <laughs> um, how are you doing? What message do you have for the audience about exercise? Ah uh,
1: well, thank you for having me. I feel so honored. And <laughs> fl- I'm glad I am uh, seeing my fitness goals for you. Um, I am passionate about functional fitness and longevity, absolute longevity geek. So I guess uh, what I hope people um, see through um, my style of coaching and my style of training is that it's practical and it's functional and it helps us. Go get after our best lives with ease and do all the fun things we want to do. Um, so that is sort of an approach that I take my, and for all my members. I uh, feel very honoured to be on here and it's my first podcast, so bear with me. Um, yeah, that's that time of year when everyone is uh, wanting to set themselves new goals. And um, you said the word failed and I was like, oh, Kathleen, <laughs> not, the, not the big yucky um, negative words, but... I think one of the biggest problems is that we go into things with these perfectionist ideas Mm -hmm. Um, and we're just striving for the best and what we know would be best for us, but it's too much too soon. Um, And the thing with exercise is it's not something that you can quickly do at home. Well, no, we can quickly do it at home, but most people do need external accountability. So it's something you're leaving the house for or you're having to go out of your way for. So it is a good chunk of the day. and I think the reality is if people go from not attending a gym or not going somewhere external to go and train, and I think we're going to plug it in current busy schedule five times a week, that's at least five, seven, eight hours out of the week I just lost that they're not used to losing. So that's something I try and jump in and help address um, early in the piece. Are we being realistic about how much time you are going to try and spare of your current busy schedule? Um, and then just building from a nice basic, um, foundation of twice a week, how about you just get to what you're wanting to start with, um, whether that be what in classes you're doing twice a week. And if you want to be exercising more than that, how about you go out power walking on one or two other days as well. Now you're moving four times a week and you were moving zero times a week before. Um, and everyone seems to be really happy with that concept. Um. Is that something that at the moment with where you're at, with some of the new fitness goals you've got, sounds practical, or what's your approach been and how's it going for you so far? Yeah, definitely. Like I'm in this stage,
0: so I used to be a PT, I used to support people with exercise, and so I get this huge sense of like, I should be doing better all the time. You know, like I'm like, I should be doing more, this should be easier for me, I know what I'm doing. But going from, I used to work in gyms, and even one of the gyms I worked at even paid us for an hour each day to work out. So of course, (laughs) exercise was just super easy to fit in. And I noticed as soon as I left working in the gym and having it be in my face all the time, that's when it became harder. And that's when I started to look into more things like group exercise, but I was kind of done with the, you know, body pump aerobic style classes that weren't really getting me the strength gains that I wanted, Um, Mm. I started moving to things like CrossFit and strength development classes and even some reformer Pilates, and I really enjoyed it. And funnily enough, just recently, so for the last year, a bit of backstory, I've been traveling in between places moving and so finding a way to move regularly has been really hard you know and I found myself just not having any motivation to go and you know go to a gym where I know nobody and do a working on my own which I know how to do I know how to do the workout and program the workout that part's fine but it's actually getting myself to go and to create space and so for the yeah. kind of 10 months I just ended up having to say right you might just have to kind of give up on this a bit and just move so for me just walking walking and any yoga or stretching whatever I can fit in has been the go-to and mindset shift was really powerful you know it was looking at the stage of life I was in my environment and what I was doing where I was moving from place to place and it was happening to just make peace with the fact that I can't I can't be perfect and I'm not at a gym 24-7, so it is going to be harder to find that time, and it was really hard to admit that, you know, and once I did, and then once I've moved to Australia in the last couple of months, and I found a place to settle, and I had real resistance to joining um, a group gym again, and I was like, nah, I'm going to go to just a regular gym, save money, do my own workouts. And once again, super struggling with actually finding the motivation to go. And so the New Year's, I gave myself a little pep talk and I was like, Kathleen, you might just have to admit that right now you don't have a lot of exercise motivation. And it's also really nice to have the social aspect to it and to have support you and to have the accountability of this is the time that you've got to go. So I've just started a trial um, this week at a CrossFit gym which I'm really enjoying. Don't think I can move my legs probably for the weekend, however, <laughs> um, but I'm really enjoying it and it's made such a difference already. And yeah, it's just really interesting. But so as you were speaking to, um, you know, that thing of being like, Oh, I've got to go five times a week. You know, yeah. like, oh, I've got to, you know, I've got to go five times a week. And already I've been to CrossFit two days, two days in a row, which considering someone who hasn't done much exercise, yeah. I'm like pat on the back. Well done. However, could you be setting yourself up for a little bit of burnout or you know we don't want to use the word failure but you know we could be setting
1: yourself up for something like that and I wonder what your what are your thoughts around it well we'll have a conversation as if you turned up at my gym um just for some context for the listeners um my gym is a CrossFit inspired gym just solely for women um so we have a very similar stimulus in the sense that we do some strength training and then we do A shortish, short to medium bout of high intensity, like cardio conditioning. So both of those do do a bit of damage to the tissues, which is what makes us um, heal and repair and build more muscle and get stronger. So it's really effective in that sense. But the style of training you're coming into is doing some damage to the tissue. So you're going to get muscle soreness if we don't scale everything appropriately. What I would probably say to someone coming in and starting is to split... If you're going to go, say two or three times in your first few weeks, just stagger those throughout the week as best you can, if your schedule allows. And um, hopefully you'll be working out under some coaches who know what they're doing, who scale the movements and the weights appropriate, so you're not getting too much what's called DOMS, which is the delayed- onset muscle soreness. A uh, hey, hey, hey. Sitting down on the toilet and wanting to cry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I say to my girls that work for me, at all costs, we want to avoid people not being able to sit on the toilet. Like it is that level of soreness um that I think um it create what we're trying to do is create new habits and our brain doesn't like doing hard things right. Like we know this. So if we put ourselves into a situation where we've got real sore muscles, even just moving around day to day, especially mums with young kids that like having to pick them up, get on the ground, cart them around, they found really sore. Their association with exercise is not going to be great. Their brain's like, oh, I don't like this. It's going to push it into the too high basket and procrastinate on it. Um, and that is the last thing I want when I'm trying to help people build a healthy relationship with exercise and enjoy the journey. Um, so when they come in, I'm big on trying to get this across and say, so I really want you to enjoy this process. It can be fun. I want you to feel empowered with it every time and get the continuity. What I've found in the rare cases where I'm with certain personalities where I want to skate they'd help them to keep it within their um within their range of what's good for them and not going to make them too sore sometimes when you come up against a bit of ego or people not being particularly open to that support and you let them go with what they think is okay they get such bad muscle soreness they're like i'm gonna have to come back in a week's time and i'm just absolutely gutted when that happens because i know that in that week's time frame the stories they've got going on your brain wanting to avoid it. It's all too hard. This is not the type, right type of fitness for me. All of that is at play. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're under good coaching, listen to their suggestions. We know as coaches what sort of movements and what stimulus is going to do the most damage to the muscle. And when we say damaged, we are trying to damage the muscle fibers to a certain extent so that they repair and rebuild stronger. And it's an acute stress. It's the kind of acute stress we want. Um, but when you're just starting out and your muscles have not been doing that, it's start to doctor them. And, um, so we're having your advice, especially on movements like single, legged lunges, split squats, anything like that, or anything with lots of impact, jumping, um, dropping into movements with a bounce, they'll give you the most um, damage to the muscle fighters and give you the most soreness um, afterwards. So I would say be open, leave your ego at the door. If you've got good coaches looking after you and wanting to make that journey nice and smooth and enjoyable for you, just take their word for it. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone like I try and remind you, everyone starts out with the same body weight lunges and nice lightweight squats maybe just with a little kettlebell and they feel a little bit silly but I'm like I see everyone started like this and then if you can get that continuity if you're enjoying the sessions or enjoying connecting with people and you've got that right um or the exercise right from the get-go just makes it so much so much more enjoyable chances of adherence are so much higher yeah
0: and I feel like yeah your, your chances of actually really sticking to that and and also just feeling good, you know, like we exercise to feel good. Do you know what I mean? Like it comes with so many, <clears throat> anyway, and if we're, you're so right when you said, you know, if, and this is how it's really important to think about how our brains work when we go into forming new habits. So if you go to the gym, destroy yourself in your first session, can't come back for at least a week, your pain has then gone gym pain, right? Mm, gym pain and I think with DOMS, it's not the kind of pain where, you know, it just stays for a little while. It's pain that impacts your every single movement, right? Like you feel it. Yeah, exactly. For days on end. And it's like you either, every time your buddy, like when I sat up this morning, I was like, oh, I can feel a little little bit of my abs there, you know, a little bit of my core. Um, And that was something that I personally found really challenging over the last couple of days was leaving my ego at the door you know and Mm -hmm. I had been a lot stronger in the past and I had to really scale it back because I knew I was like I can already bloody feel something that could be about to to tear here you know you got to take it easy um and luckily Mm -hmm. I've done this enough times no yeah but no but I have made that mistake so many times where I where that has put me off ever wanting to go back and sometimes it also feels quite embarrassing too you know i'm like oh my god i'm so <laughs> unfit, yeah i'm so unfit i'm in so much pain and i'm such a loser you know and i think when shame thrives like that when those stories start to just take over your brain it makes you really anxious and it makes you not want to go i think even for me going and joining this crossfit gym which my friends go to by the way I had to really pub myself up over a good six-week period. I'm not going to lie. My gym anxiety is high, you know, <laughs> especially in a group setting. And even today when I was there, I felt really stupid because I couldn't, I didn't know what we were doing and they just kind of, you know, threw us into something and, you know, everyone was just knew what they were doing. And I was like, oh, um, okay, I'll just kind of, you know, try and follow along, you know. Um, But you do, you have to ask for help. You have to yeah. leave your ego at the door. And I think I just, what I think is important and I'm sure you agree is that we get to normalize gym anxiety and the shame and the fear. And so is that something I just like, it's why I joined your gym in the first place back when I first moved to the Mount was because I heard from one of my mum's friends who goes to your gym. I think she still goes. And she, <laughs> um, what's her name? I've literally forgotten her name. I'll, I'll find out. <laughs> I'll message you. But yeah, she was the one that, that really teed it up for me. And she was just like, she's just, it's so welcoming and it's so safe. And that I think is the most important thing. And I think gym anxiety is really hard. So what tips do you have for people who are kind of facing those fears? Especially it's a lot more popular now to join something like CrossFit or to do something that's more strength-based in a group. One, personally, I love it so much more and I feel results, we'll, we'll have a chat about that a bit later about exercise is best in your humble opinion um mm-hmm. but yeah what are your best tips for gym
1: anxiety how do we deal with it um I'll try. there's so many things you've said that i'm like oh that's all that so i'm just going to quickly go to one of those things um i think a lot of people this is a little bit away from your question but a lot of people make themselves wrong with their level of motivation or lack thereof the reality is most people need outer accountability and the sooner we all realize that and stop making ourselves so wrong and so useless and having all this negative self talk going on, the better. Um, I love training. Moving my body is the thing that makes me the happiest. And yet, um, I will still get stuck into my work and not allow myself the time We'll come up with excuses. Because at the end of the day, as much as I love it, it is a hard thing. And mm-hmm. um, we are going to, we, it's the hard that we choose, but your brain's all like, out. Oh, it's going to be hard. Oh, it's going to be sweaty. Oh, it's going to be challenging. Um, And I even go to a separate CrossFit gym because I need the outer accountability of getting there at 4.30 in the afternoon and a sense of connection and belonging in that community is also a massive part of it. Um, A friend and I who own the box I go to, we were talking the other day about people go to a gym for the fitness, but the reality is we stayed for the people and inclusivity has to be our number one priority. So I would say um, when you're out there and looking at what's going to be the best fit for you, look for, I mean, we can see so much through um, social media now. I mean, we didn't have that once upon a time, but you can have a, I always said, we had a good old stalk and that's how they get a feel for it. Um, But you can really get a feel for a gym, I think, having a good old stalk. And if it looks like it's an all-inclusive space, an environment where they're fostering um, human connection and something more than just turning up and doing fitness, um, and then taking selfies and their lulu, um, then hopefully, you fun thing. <laughs> I love lulu. I mean, I wear it all <laughs> but, um If 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 I have found like I find it interesting observing some social media content, where I'm like, what do you think a newbie is going to see like and and feel when they're viewing this content? Um, and we need to come across um, as non-intimidating as we truly are, mm-hmm. um, and showing all inclusive. And yeah, if you can. somebody that looks like that and it has good communication and you feel like they're talking to a real person who really cares on the other end of those messages or your um online inquiries probably pretty good insight as to what you're gonna get um when i started i was like you so i was a i was a pt i was working in a 24-hour gym full-time personal training income and i was just there and then had to do my training there um around my clients and then i got to a point i was like i'm used to team sports but i couldn't play team sports around my schedule i needed i needed the challenge of learning new skills and pushing myself and i would i like to get your of a group environment also really bloody and timid. so i thought about it drove past crossfit gym every time i went to work and one weekend i think it was a sunday night and i was just so fed up with not enjoying training anymore so fed up with being in a 24-hour gym in front of mirrors so fed up with everyone looking at me and, and feeling like i had to be all of that um it took so much courage to send the online inquiry and book the trial. I was like, this is ridiculous. I work in a gym, but I totally get that uh, if we can go into um, a group training environment, feeling that anxious about it, what about a poor person who's not a fitness professional already? So I totally get it. And I have tried to keep that front of mine all these years down the track. Um, I was so lucky that that gym I, I joined in Auckland um, was fantastic. Everyone acknowledged you as you walked in, said hello to each other. There was no clicks it was flipping awesome so it was an awesome way to um learn what a crossfit gym in a group training environment could be and then um i had a different experience when i moved um moved cities and i thought well seeing the contrast now i really know what i want to make sure i have in my in my gym um and that has been something that yeah i try and spot and hope that comes through with with our social media content and and i do often get that feedback when people first inquire so I'm like okay cool
0: yeah you are absolutely doing something right there Suze you really are and like that and even the fact that it was a a woman's only gym that was that was I could when I first ended my kind of PT career and I wasn't in the gym all the time and I knew I wanted to start joining somewhere I made the decision to look for a woman's only gym because I was just I was just too scared the anxiety too high, and it was like, I need to change this and I need to feel comfortable. And going somewhere like your gym where it was so comfortable, everyone had a chat with each other, it was great, you know. And even I now feel lucky enough that I think I found this here. Um, and mm. I found, I've actually found lots of other gyms have been like that. Mm. But sometimes on social media, particularly with CrossFit or strength based gyms, Sometimes their social media content is very scary and very masculine. And it's really like the lighting is really like, you know, dark and intense and everyone's real sweaty, you know. Um, and I think sometimes that can even be off-putting. And it's really interesting observing it from the outside, isn't it? And I think that's so important, though, that that making sure that you set yourself up for success By going and having a good stalk, by really looking at their social media, what they're about, what their members say, and then by hopefully building the courage to go and do that trial. And my God, trials do them, right? Go by as many places as you can until you find somewhere where you think, actually, these people are really nice people and they care. And if I make a mistake or if I drop a weight and makes a noise, nobody's going to laugh at me. you know they're going to come and help me pick it up. you know so what are your other tips for that gym anxiety and starting that process? and talk to us a little bit about the rise of the popularity and strength training, and we've really seen a shift um actually, when I was doing my p t course my um my the lecture lecturer made this real like it actually kind of sucked because it was it was pretty shameful but one of the ladies in the class who was this, you know she i think she was in her mid-50s and she said you know i just want to be toned and um and the guy looked at her and he literally started laughing at her in the lecture pool it was like toned isn't even a thing like i get so annoyed when people talk about toned like toned isn't even a thing you know um mm-hmm. and it sucked because i could really see like the shame arise in her and i was like "Ooh, like
1: i've owned plenty yeah. of times you know for a quote yesterday i mean and um, i wanted to share it because i was like, actually i'm only aiming this at my brother but um that's if i'm wrong uh educate me don't belittle me and oh nothing writes me up more than people being belittled, people who are especially trying to contribute or be open or have a learning, you know, beginner's mind about something. Seeing people get belittled, I, I, oh, yeah, really irks me. It sucks. Yeah, uh, uh, going into the right gym environment is being in a place of wanting to make you feel comfortable and build you up, and um, normalizing the fact that you we know, don't expect you to come in here and know what a clean and jerk is. I mean, what a fucking weird name for any kind of movement or a snatch. You know I didn't actually know what a snatch was um and one day I put on my on my Instagram I'd had some time to myself and I trained and I practiced working on some technique work on my snatch and um I'd really struggled to find the um time or allow myself at times to do any training at this particular point in my life it was about two years ago and I put this um post up and it said just enjoyed a nice selfish hour working on my snatch and da da had no idea the other meaning of snatch and one all I mean as in 40s and 50s it just blew up All the oh my god i can't believe you just said that but um so anyway i've since learned what a snatch also is but names i mean even the fact a sometime, i prattle off sometimes, go sometimes grab a kettlebell and people grab a dumbbell and i think well i mean dumbbell kettlebell same diff really like if they're all foreign to you um so in a in a nice welcoming space the coaches will um Give you that time of day and just have a laugh with you and not belittle you and and most most fitness professionals are and most crossfit coaches or any strength based coaches they're wanting to make you feel comfortable um sometimes i put it down to just younger coaches um, coming out of um coming out of their training and going into our group fitness gyms um or the ones where we've got chains and chains of those gyms where the programming is international it's the same worldwide it goes up on the tv screens there's not a huge amount of um experience required for those coaches um so the reality is sometimes we've got fairly green coaches working in environments where they need to be supporting people 30 years older than them and they might just not quite have that machine skills yet so sometimes um just taking a moment to think oh maybe it's not worth getting myself so upset about that as a 30 or 40 year old woman this is a 21-year-old trying to deal with me, not realizing, you know, that I'm super anxious, super nerve feeling, you know, super worried about looking like an egg. Um, but for the most part, yeah, just ask questions. Um, don't be afraid to ask questions and clarify things. I love it when when people are inquisitive and want to know and want to understand instead of forever just walking around like lost souls. Because <laughs> I feel terrible if I look up and see someone walking around like a lost soul. So we don't want that. Um, back to um, creating the habits of getting yourself to trials. Again, I think just normalizing how the brain works and normalizing the fact that you are going to be shitting bricks. You're going to do something completely out of your comfort zone and around people you don't know. So if you've got the luxury of going to a place that you think will be a good fit where you've got a friend, I mean, that's awesome because you could hopefully tee up a time to go together. But the reality is yourself and every other person that's gone in there and started at gym was shitting bricks the first time they went in. just figure out who looks like the coach and just go over. And if they don't come to you first, just don't stress yourself, let them know. And then yeah, tell me about it. it's like normalizing for teenagers. It's normal to be nervous. You're having a job interview, you've got an exam. And nowadays, everyone's got anxiety and we do have a lot of anxiety. But I think a lot of the time we're expecting too much of ourselves. Like it's normal. We want to be socially accepted. We don't want to be rejected or look stupid. So of course it's uncomfortable. To go into an environment where we're not familiar with what we're doing and it's all new and we feel less fit than the people we're doing it with so it's a pretty confronting confronting thing to go and get yourself started with mm-hmm. um so add on the back to yourself and everyone else this you know started this year getting out there and doing it because it's a big step outside the comfort zone but totally yeah. worth it absolutely and i love what you spoke about you know that
0: fear of especially in a group environment that fear of not being as fit as other people is so scary sometimes you know even just today you know, they were going through the movements um, and they gave a scaling option and I couldn't even do the scaling option, you know? And I was like, oh, okay. Um, And I was like, this isn't a good start, but we'll try. Um, And again, luckily enough, I I did just have to go and have that kind of vulnerable moment um, where I just said, hey, like, I, I can't do that. Can I, is there something else I can do instead? And again, being in that space having been in the space for a while in the exercise space I know that I can ask that question yeah, whereas yeah there's so many scalable options whereas in the past you know Kathleen 5 years ago would have just gone oh crap I've got to do that movement I've got to you know probably pull a muscle and you know probably slam myself on the floor by accident you know and start freaking out about it um and maybe try running out the back door you know because hey mm-hmm. they don't they don't see me cool I'm gone um but I didn't know that it was normal to ask questions. Like I just didn't know. I didn't know that that was a thing. Um, And I think a lot of gyms now are really good. A lot of trainers say, if you've got questions, come and chat to me, you know, things like that. But even just for anyone listening and you, you know, saying that same thing, like you love it when people ask questions, you know, or if there's something that you like, I'm pretty sure I can't do that. And I also don't really want to try it right now in front of all these people because that might yeah. end well and it's yeah. embarrassing. Yeah. Can I start slower? Can I build up, you know? And again, that links through to what you were saying about almost really setting yourself up for success by letting yourself build slowly over time, mm. you know, which, again, is a real struggle sometimes with our beautiful egos who want to be yeah. am- be the best yeah. Things. um Yeah. And especially if you're someone who gets a bit of a competitive streak coming up, you know, maybe you played a little sport when you were young and you haven't played in a while, so then you feel it kind of firing up. But that's the time where we end up doing real damage to our body. And, again, it doesn't help us. It hinders us.
1: You know, it's... Yeah. ...was too hard. I hurt myself. Now, yeah, how long to recover. A lot of women um, do come in really quite nervous of injury. And it's... I'm now 35. And I think it's a, it's kind of funny. It's kind of confronting. Um, you get to an age where, well, I don't know. This could happen at different ages depending on I don't have children yet. So when you do have children, you probably start thinking more sensibly sooner. But I really can't afford to have injuries. And also exercise for me is also such a big part of my self-care that if I can't do it, that ain't good. <laughs> so um, I totally appreciate women coming in. Um, we're a bit more safety conscious and think about um, risk more than men do, I think. Um, but we're a lot better in the sense that our egos don't usually get in the way you know as much as men. Um, but, yeah, avoiding injury. And it—it it is really easy to get injured with um, the smallest, funniest little things when you're coming in a long time frame of not exercising. And um, I always find it interesting to go through some niggly patches myself to get a wee reminder of different things people go through when they're just coming back to fitness. And I, I needed humbling there, and I needed a reminder of how that felt. So sometimes, you know, getting really quite sick where you can't train anymore for a while or an injury. Um, I've had some issues with uh, my pelvis and not being able to do things and feel like my insides are falling out. And I'm like, why oh, does this have to happen to me? I haven't even mean, had kids. Yeah. Well, now I get right into so what women feel like as soon as they jump and it feels like their insides are falling out. You know, there's always, I think, a reason for these things. But coming back after Christmas, I think I'd had about two and a half weeks of not doing functional training. Um, I just enjoyed walks and runs and swimming and all that sort of stuff. Um but I niggled a tricep of all things, my wrist, and I was like, oh my goodness, like hey. this is this is real, you know, like when you haven't done stuff, um, what looks simple when everyone else is doing it around you, the reality is you're shocking your muscles and tendons and, and putting tension on them and pushing them into flexion where they're not used to being. Um, so you just gotta earn on the side of caution and be okay with that. Mm-hmm. And I think just tr- trusting that um the coaches, it's, it's their expertise. So When you're thinking, oh, I can't do that movement or the scaling option. Well, that's the scaling option. I'm going to have to try and do it. No, there's like a plethora of different things that we have upstairs that we could give to you that would be a similar stimulus and similar movement. So I'm always reminding my ladies, if there's anything that doesn't feel good, just come to me and I'll have a million different options I can give you. But if that's not your area of expertise, you wouldn't know that there was all these other options. We've got like this little library in our brain of like, oh, this, that, that. Um, So... Don't be shy. to, like you say, you know, like have that Just quickly say, that's not feeling good. I don't even think I want to try it. What else can I do? And it doesn't matter whether you're in a Globo gym at a F45 or at a CrossFit box, the coaches will always be happy to do that um, and just, yeah, have a little bit of vulnerability. Anyone that mm-hmm. listens to this podcast knows how to embrace a bit of vulnerability. <laughs> that is so true. <laughs> and
0: honestly, yeah, it is. It's humbling how much our bodies, you know, like for the first time I remember I took, I took a month pretty much yeah like a solid kind of month or off exercise and I came back and I just went straight into you know doing some deadlifts I warmed up and doing it with like just 40 kilos so it was like it was it should have been an easy lift should have in quotation marks been an easy lift for me but I take <laughs> of time off and I felt this twinge in my back and I was like oh dear god like I've heard about people injuring their backs doing deadlifts and I'd never ever felt anything in the you know in the area of war and it scared the crap out of me because i was like man if i saw my back like that's that's a real life impact, you know, like that yeah. life, very difficult for me. And that's mm. not what I'm about. So I put the weights away. I went back and I did, I just completely avoided anything that was going to like harm that area. And I did some upper body and I was like, cool, this is okay. You know, but you're so right. It is really humbly. Like all the different issues we experienced, especially for women, you know, and, and our power, like feeling like you're going to pee or you're going to fart or like something's going to happen. Um, I was talking to someone the other day and they were saying, they were like, oh, I don't, you know, I can't tell you how many people I've seen, um, like fart or almost shit themselves uh, the leg press. Cause they've got so hard on the leg press and they're pushing so hard, you know? Um, so yeah, that crazy stuff can happen. Yes. But excuse, what and I but- want to ask you to finish or to kind of close this out is we get this idea, mm, that in order to, you know, let's say, for example, someone's wanting to, maybe you're wanting to lose weight, maybe you're wanting to just feel better, maybe you're wanting to get strong, whatever it looks like, but you're you're wanting to feel fitter, right? And I really feel we're shifting away from the whole, you know, you need to go and, you know, sweat sweat for 60 minutes and, you know, pound the pavement and um, mm. things like that, which for me, like, I grew up going to Les Mills classes and, you know, just <laughs> destroying myself um, and mm. going to, like, you know, seven eight classes a week and i wasn't seeing any results for such a long time it was so frustrating because i felt like i was doing so much whereas now like all the education i've been through i know so many different things but not a lot of people know this so i wanted you to tell us about what do you actually need to be doing in order to be changing your body composition so so let's use that you know getting toned getting strong feeling fit any of those goals that you have, maybe losing weight, whatever it might look like,
1: what do we actually need to be doing and where have we overcomplicated it? Yeah. we've The the fitness and the weight loss space is overcomplicated and it's monetized a lot. Um, To keep things nice and basic, you want to be moving your body at intensity three times a week.
0: Three, however you listen to that, everyone, three times a week, right? And again, even in my head, Like, I know this, and still, so to give you, this is a fun inside scoop, to join this CrossFit gym at the moment, I'm on a trial. There's an option to join for a maximum of three classes a week, or you can go unlimited for, and it's only $5 more. And so in my head, I was like, oh, I should just go unlimited, you know? But I'm the sort of person that has burnt myself out in the past and has gone too hard, and I know that I only really need to be going three times a week. And it's probably only good for my, to stress my body like that three times a week. I probably don't need any more, but yet there's still a part of my brain that's like, no, no, no. If you want to, you know, if you want to prove this to yourself, if you want to be great, you need to go four, five,
1: six times a week, you know, Um mm. you're saying three times a week. Yeah. And, you know, you could ask the question how easy it is to switch the direct debit to the unlimited and, um, in eight weeks time or 12 weeks. That would be a beautiful way for you to incorporate um high intensity training three times a week. Enjoy the process and be like, yes, nailed my three. Every time you go over those three, you'll be happy to be there, not sore and still recovering and pushing yourself through the pain or whatever it might be. Um I and mean, then yeah, if it is a simple transition like with mine, um I can transition someone from one direct debit to the next one up piece of cake. And I imagine it's probably the same for any gym. So um keep that in mind. It mm-hmm. could be an idea. Um the I would say so, for starters, the best exercise, this is really cliché, but the best exercise for you is the exercise that you enjoy and that you can stick with and do regularly. So, um, I mean, Kathleen and I are talking about CrossFit and we're not by any means suggesting that everyone else should go out and do CrossFit. Um, CrossFit has blown up, I think, because of the sense of community. I honestly think that is where it's at. And now what we've got is, I mean, yes, um, our level of fitness and strength, the the training modality is definitely effective. So, Uh, Some of your fittest people walking around in your community are likely crossfitters, but it doesn't mean it has to be something that people choose to do, but that um, sense of community, um, also the accountability of turning up to class times or paying for a set number of classes, those forms of outer accountability are also some of the the little secrets to success. a lot of other gyms now are going into that um, same model of having classes um, and trying to create a good sense of community. So whether they put them in teams for challenges and like all these different things. So that's awesome. And if you're not just at a plain old 24-hour gym, if you're at any of our space gyms, you're probably going to get that. So that's going to definitely help with your accountability, and join the process, making you like-minded friends um, and sticking with it long-term. Um, so that's some form of varied functional training. You're onto a, a good thing there. Yeah. Can you break down that word functional? Because I think that, <laughs> even in my head, I'm like, what do you mean by functional? Yeah. So I guess uh, functional training or functional moves are um big movements that replicate things we do in daily life. So, for instance, your deadlift is actually probably one of the most functional movements we can do so if you had two big heavy bags of groceries a picture our um brown paper bags these days they're perfect for like sitting next to you on the ground they're not gonna fall over if you had them sitting on the outsides of your feet and you have to hinge over pick up maybe they might be six kilos because you've like packed them perfectly and evenly to not break open and they're like five or six kilos each picking that weight up on the ground safely well, that's a deadlift mm-hmm. um and for someone especially as they're aging like that's actually not easy But um, So a deadlift, for instance, is a very functional movement, um, like squats, pressing over our head, um, pulling things towards us, pushing things away from us. Um, They're just functional movements we do in daily life if we're not living completely sedentary lifestyles, which unfortunately is becoming a bit more common. But um, those big functional movements, as well as things that are like dynamic body weight movements, say, bounding side to side, um, going forward, running backwards, um, being react with and you know moving to the side to grab something with grab your children or pick them up off the ground um all of those movements we have in our functional style of training um so i guess the way we could um differentiate them from say what you might see in a typical global gym which is more a bodybuilding style of training is where we're isolating muscle groups and doing what we call a nickname bro splits where people might do um back and bys for the day and then like chest and triceps or just legs um your body will respond best to using the whole body in a session. You might target and do um, some main muscle groups in Monday's session. Yes, it is still a full body workout. And then different muscle groups get a bit more targeted and slightly damaged and re- repair and recover on Tuesday. But yes, it's still a full body workout. And you go throughout a week like that. Um, so that is how um, strength and conditioning. um, Traditional class-based gyms are doing their programming now Mm -hmm. very much off what crossfit has created if i'm being honest um but it is super effective so um i would say if you're in a gym where you're taking yourself to the gym do some lower body and upper body strength exercises and then you could go into some sort of circuit or some sort of hit and give yourself a good voucher say anywhere between 12 to maybe 20 minutes of something higher intensity of a cardio nature Mm -hmm. it doesn't be running on a treadmill it could be a variety of different movements in a circuit where you're shifting weight and or your body weight Mm um it all gets your heart rate nice and high Mm -hmm.
0: yeah and so i'm hearing yeah it's good to have that mix of both kind of like the lower intensity strength training style where i remember when i first started doing that i was really confused because you know, they were saying, oh, you know, you need to rest for 90 seconds to two minutes in between each set. And I was like, huh? You know, like, what do you mean? Why? You know, my heart rests up. This isn't good. Um, and it was really interesting. The more I got to learn about how our muscles recover and how they work and what it what goes into your ability to build strength and how important recovery is. And then on the other side of the coin, also having that space and time and those experiences where you do get your heart rate up, where you're moving your body. And then I think something that's been really important for me has been wanting to age well. And I know that there is such a benefit, I was about to say particularly for women, but no, for I, everyone generally, um, yeah. to have some sort of strength training component in your week. And like you said, I, I love the idea that it only needs to be a couple of times a week. It doesn't need to be your every, you know, every single day you're doing this thing. So can you just tell us a bit about the importance of strength training
1: and in aging well. Yeah. Uh, so I, I see where you're coming from and you are saying in particularly for women. Um. Yes, men need to obviously or not need to, but it is great for everyone to be doing strength training. Um, they have proven that uh, our level of muscle mass is the biggest um, determining factor on how well we age. So uh, that's an incentive I saw and shared on my stories last night, actually this awesome little reel and he was quoting um, a recent study where they found for every hour of exercise. We oh, my do. gosh, I totally saw this. Didn't it
0: say that for every hour we do, we live three hours longer? Shut the front
1: door. What? what? I know. I I was just like, absolutely just like charging. I was like, oh, my God, I want the world to hear this. <laughs> you were like, I'm going to live forever.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that. Okay. Well, we'll make sure that we link that reel because I want to go and read more about it.
1: Our, our ROI, so good.
0: Oh, that's brilliant. And yeah, and I know for women as well, Um, I think it was, yes, yeah, Stacey Sims, and she was talking about muscle mass for women as you get over a certain age, but I don't have that down pat. Maybe yeah. you can explain it.
1: So, um, unfortunately, as we head into menopause, um, which for some of your listeners might not even be, you know, anytime in the next 10 years, but heading into menopause, as estrogen starts to drop, uh, we lose muscle mass slightly or find it quite a lot harder to put muscle on. Mm-hmm. Um, so the hormones are just not set up in a way um, to be what we call anabolic. Uh, yeah, anabolic. So you've heard of anabolic steroids mm-hmm. that build up. And then we've got catabolic, which is breaking down. So um, the situation with our hormones, uh, once we're into menopause, is that we're in more of a catabolic state. So to actually gain muscle and put on muscle when you get to that stage of life, Sort of miss the boat. It's a bit of an uphill battle. So, we want women coming into menopause already doing resistance training, um, already having a decent amount of muscle mass on them, and then just being able to maintain it because hopefully at this stage they enjoy whatever they're doing as their form of exercise and they can just yeah, carry on and maintain it. They're also going to be so much less prone to injury because they are strong and stable and resilient and reactive without hurting themselves in whatever situation that they're not going to get stuck with anywhere between 8 to 12 weeks um, after an injury being sedentary and losing more muscle mass. Mm. So um, that's for women as we're aging. But even for us, anyone, the higher our muscle mass, the higher our metabolism is firing. Mm -hmm. So um, I might sit at the same body weight as someone with much less muscle mass than me. The amount of energy I need to eat is considerably higher to even maintain my muscle mass. So I'm just... Burning, he could have a lot more energy sitting here talking to you than the person who may the same, but the ratio of body fat to muscle are completely different. We might look the same size, um, but our metabolism and, and how we are um, burning through fuel is completely different. So, um, if you don't eat like a bird and you quite you do have a decent appetite, managing managing your weight or getting yourself into a slight calorie deficit to burn a little bit of fat is a lot easier if you're increasing your muscle mass. Now, to increase muscle mass, we have to do that bit of strength training. Just running, pounding the pavement, doing high-intensity intervals or um, circuits, that's not creating a stimulus that actually allows our body to build more muscle. So this is where doing some strength training or what we call resistance exercises. And well, That's the same thing, right? Strength training, resistance training, same thing. Okay, yeah. good. Uh, yeah, So resistance exercise is uh, using your body weight either push-ups pull-ups squats lunges with your body uh, or adding weight Uh, uh, just going for a run a swim things like that that wouldn't be considered resistance training because it's um, not taking the muscles through a full range of motion and you're just ticking over and it's more cardiovascular just the heart and the lungs um so i've just been getting into this with my ladies and i've been super surprised how intrigued they've been so we'll go into it a little bit the stimulus required for us that stronger is we need to be doing anywhere between one to about eight reps of a heavy weight. Now what I do at my gym is I have my ladies doing sets of sixes or eights. You can start off at tens at a moderate weight and then after a couple of weeks of training bring it down in reps. The lower the reps and the heavier the weight, the more you're gonna fray the muscle fibers. So what we're trying to do is a little bit of damage and fray the muscle fibers a bit. Mm-hmm. And then the body can heal and repair those and they grow a tiny bit bigger. So Ah, okay, yep. But like right now, you've got sore quads, right? The muscle fibers in your quads have been under tension with the load going through squats up and down. They've frayed the muscle fibers. Now your body, if you imagine like a wound, you know, like a cut on your skin, you you see the collagen elastin and everything gets built up and it fills up that gap until now your skin is smooth again and you no longer have that wound. Mm -hmm. it's sort of the same with the muscle fibers that blaze down um, amino acids and, and rebuilds that muscle fiber until they're all smooth and they're built up a little bit every time. So you go from like, you know, a bicep's quite a good example. Um, you see that curvature in the bicep and someone's bicep gets bigger and bigger because it's literally growing every time you've frayed and broken it.
0: So, mm-hmm. you you said, it? sorry, you said one to eight reps
1: or something around that range. Yeah yeah I'll, I'll get into that a little bit for you so anywhere between one to eight reps will be heavy enough work for you to create that stimulus so you might do um four sets of eight so that's what i program a lot for my ladies: four or five sets of eight so it might be squats and then we might superset that with say a bench press you know how you're saying before rest. i'm gonna sit here and rest like it doesn't feel right super setting is a great way to do things um so often what you'll find is at the gym or with your own programming, you can try this is putting together two movements and alternating between them so you've got fatigue in the legs and while the legs and blood flow and oxygen back to those and recovering you're working your upper body with a different movement mm-hmm. and you could do four super setting backwards and forwards and still be using your time really efficiently the shuttling of blood from one part of your body to the other is also really good for stimulating the metabolism and working your body quite hard Mm
0: -hmm. and you
1: will have your heart rate higher than what you'd probably expect as well
0: oh interesting okay that's a good little hack as well for anyone you know, starting to go on that journey of, oh, let me try and experiment with a few things, you know, or even for someone, you know, I loved to download, you know, apps or programs or things that had done the, you know, the exercise programming for me. And so even just to have that knowledge of, you know, why they're programming in a certain way is, is really interesting, isn't it? Uh, that's awesome.
1: Now, I'll wrap it up real quick. Yeah, yeah. So your one to five rep range is what a lot of cross- that um, programming uses and it does do a lot of damage to the tissue because it's heavy we're working heavy for those one two three four five reps and we probably have to do five or six sets we get a bit more of a testosterone response in the body when we're in recovery so if anyone out there listening is like oh god i've seen crossfitters i don't want to look like that they are, especially if they're competitive athletes, they're working in that really low rep range. They're doing a lot of damage. They're busy doing a lot of recovery and they're fueling for that. But they're also females are getting a testosterone response. So we can get a little bit more muscular than what some ladies might like to look. And I tell my members that all the time. If you're doing my programming, don't think you have to look like me. If you don't want shoulders or traps like mine, I totally understand. Sometimes I get a front with I look for it. But um, the 6 to, to 8 or sometimes 10, that sort of rep range, for say four sets, that is enough that it gives the stimulus of damaging the muscle tissue and causing the body to repair and rebuild it and you will get stronger. Mm-hmm. It will be less prone to injury because you don't have to have a heavy amount of weight when you back, bring back squat or a deep lift. You know what I mean? Totally. Yeah. Many mm-hmm. about 15 reps is our what's called endurance rep range. So if someone's into endurance sports, that is probably more what they want to do is circuits with that higher rep range. If they love doing long distance events and things like that, not particularly mm-hmm. good muscle mass, and you will pretty much run that muscle off. <laughs> but if up, loves, and if they're not going to do that, they're going to do nothing at all and
0: sit on the couch, well, then that's better than nothing as well. <laughs> totally. Oh, that was so interesting. And I know we have to wrap it up. So let me just quickly wrap up for everyone and recap. So if you were someone that's wanting to start exercising consistently, I can really hear there is so much benefit to investing in some sort of strength training and and finding and normalizing the fact that gym anxiety exists. It's scary to do this stuff and to take it slow, to take it easy, to build up over time, to not be afraid to ask questions, to clarify things or to ask for the scaling options, which I'm doing right now and really trying to hold myself accountable to Um and also, yeah, focusing on finding somewhere we've got a bit of external accountability. And I loved what you said, there, Suze. you said, everybody needs external accountability because I know I had in my head that I thought, oh, I just should be motivated to go, you know, <laughs> you know, going on my own schedule where there's no one, even even when I've had friends go to work out with me, that's changed the game entirely. But for me, when I was going on my own, and I had, you know, oh, I just got to go sometime during the day or I can go before this time or after this time. That was when it was really hard, you know. And I love that you're mm-hmm. saying and normalizing that even for you, you know, being someone that works in a, in a gym and runs a gym, that you still have to make sure that you've got that external accountability and there's mm-hmm. no shame in that. Yeah. So, thank you so much. Is there anything that you want to share? And I'd also love you to shout out your amazing gym in the mount if anyone is listening in this location because they need to go check it out. Um,
1: but yeah, can you share where we can find you? Um, so, we Empowered Fitness. Um, as I said earlier, it's a CrossFit-inspired group training style of gym. Um, we do classes and personal training, and I often encourage people, if they're really nervous, to just start with one-on-ones, and a lot of gyms will offer that um, as well. We are, if you're in the Mount, um, or in the Bay in general, we are on Truman Lane, which is down near... The stadium, which always changes its name, Bay Arena. Oh, I think it's Bay Arena still, yeah. Yeah, um, so we're on Truman Lane, we are just um parallel to the Eastern Link, and you'll see our flag and our signage if you're cruising Eastern Link. Awesome. And what about on social media? Social media, um, on Instagram, we are empowered underscore fitness underscore not long so that people can
0: have a good. York, you know, before they build up the courage to come and find it. Sue, so, thank you so much. I really, really appreciate your time and your knowledge. I feel like we need to get you back on to talk about so much more of
1: your expertise because I can. Yeah. You got a lot. You got a lot. We can look. Um, <laughs> yeah, around cycle and exercising and understanding our cycle and how that impacts things and um, pre and post training nutrition. Just, just for the everyday person, there's so much stuff that I realize um, my members have been coming for some time and. And we get desensitized to what's the norm and and what we know in our area of expertise. Um, And then I get so excited about realizing what we can be educating people on and making people's experience with exercise and their progress with their results so much easier if they understand how to work around their cycle, um, what time of day is best for them to train, how to fuel before and after. Spoon. okay. I'm reading the And that brings you, us right? to the end <laughs> of another so episode.
0: Thank you so much for listening. If you got value and if you love the podcast, I'd really, really love if you could rate, review, and comment on the podcast below. And now for the fun part. I want to hear your biggest what to do when questions. Submit your question via the link in the show notes and we could be answering your question on the next episode of this podcast. I want this podcast and the coaching and the support that goes along with it to be in the back pocket of anyone and everyone who's on their own journey of self-discovery, of growth, and of healing. It can be a lonely journey, and I know that support and friendship goes a long way. It would mean the world to me if you shared this episode to your social media pages or send it to your group chat or a friend or family member in mind. And as always, I'm here to support you in so many ways, this podcast being just one of them. If you're looking for additional support in creating the life that you've always envisioned, working through your issues that you've likely been avoiding for years, this is exactly what I do. My one-to-one coaching program focuses on building belief in yourself. Application and information about my online workshops and one-to-one coaching are all in the show notes, and I'll be here when you're ready to dive into the work. Thank you so much for listening and supporting the show. I want you to remember that you're doing enough, you're being enough, and that you deserve good things in this life. I'll see you next Monday morning for the next episode of the What To Do When podcast.